Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Podcast for CBSSports.com. Monday, November 21st. Adam Azer, Scott White, Al Melchior. Got an email to read at dmfantasybaseball at cbs.com. Hi, guys. How has the last two weeks of your life been since we last spoke? Been pretty good. Not much happening in baseball over those two weeks, though. We do have to talk about the Phillies and Red Sox bullpens. Yeah. Scott, has anything happened? Did you get, like, I don't know, like a second marriage or something? Like, <laughs> something eventful? I know we got uh, to talk about your engagement and your marriage last year, so. Yeah. No, I, I don't think there's going to be anything that Second honeymoon? Before. Well, maybe down the line. <laughs> okay. All right. Mm. Good luck with that. So what are we doing on the on the site? we got a lot coming down here. Al, you're doing projection snapshots. Scott just wants to kind of sit there and do nothing, but his bosses are like, no, you have to do something. So he's, <laughs> he's coming up with some lists. But first, yes. Al, projection snapshots. Yeah, well, I'm uh, deep into the uh, projections process for 2012. Uh, hitter and pitcher projections for next year. And so what I'm doing is I'm just taking a little slice of what I'm working on, take a group of players, usually from the same position, and uh, just give a sneak peek to what those projections are right now. Of course, they're, they're subject to change. And, you know, if you all out there are looking at these snapshots and you see something that looks crazy to you, you should uh, be tweeting us and emailing us. And it's all open for review, but uh, giving a snapshot of what those uh, initial projections are, explaining where the numbers come from. And uh, there's also a poll on our Facebook page that goes along with it. Okay. Yeah. A very aggressive snapshot uh, projection, I guess, on Yonder Alonzo yeah. just a couple weeks ago that that caught me by surprise. And uh, I think he'll put up Freddie Freeman-like numbers, and somehow he's going to get the playing time oh, to, to do that. Better than Freddie Freeman-like yeah. numbers um, because you, I, I assume you had the walks factored in there as well. I think yeah. you had him behind Hosmer, but a good like 100 points ahead of Mark Trumbo. And yeah, well, yeah, and there's, there's definitely a lot of conversation fodder there um and, and it'll be interesting to to see what happens with alonzo because his name's obviously with joey Votto blocking him in cincinnati his name's hot in the trade rumors right now um oakland i know has expressed interest really what team wouldn't express interest in a guy with his offensive potential so but there's no way that the rumor is you know andrew bailey coming over to the to the reds and and Alonzo maybe being part of the deal. But yeah. you're going to have to get a lot better than Andrew Bailey to get Yonder Alonzo, right? I would think so. I would hope so. And all the No Red... knock on Andrew Bailey, but you know, Alonzo's a first-round pick and more, more premium position. But, yeah, no, go ahead, Al. Yeah, no, I was going to say I agree with that, and even the Reds beat writers, several of them have come out uh, today on Twitter and just saying this, this you know, the, there can't be much to this rumor right. because it just doesn't make sense. The Reds need to. Uh, get more or give up less in that deal. So let's talk about uh, what Scott's doing now. You've got some some lists coming out, some keepers, and what else are you working on? Well, uh, I've been doing top 10 prospects lists by position. Actually going to go deeper than 10 in outfield and pitcher for obvious reasons. Uh, but that's a good uh, a good resource for Dynasty League owners looking to uh, to dig into the minor league pool for some for some long term goodness there, uh, shortstop's going to be the next one out. Most of the infield is out already, uh, and then the other one, a top fifty keepers list. Now this is mostly this is pretty much focusing on major leaguers, 
um, more, more the short-term angle than the long-term angle that the prospects lists are. But it, it's it's an interesting list because it's it's based on uh, you know leagues where you have to forfeit a draft pick based on where you drafted the guy last year. So it, it's a value-based list. Um, so as you might expect, Jacoby Ellsbury, a guy who was drafted in the seventh, eighth round last year in a lot of leagues, is the number one guy on the list because he's, he's looking like a first-rounder uh, coming into this new season. So 50 names uh, with, with all the reasoning laid out there for you. Hopefully it's an interesting read. It's going to be yeah. out in the next couple of days. And we'll talk about it on a podcast in the future. Two weeks ago, we podcasted and we did the first round of a head-to-head mock draft. Today, we'll look at rounds two and three. Let's get to the news. Jonathan Papelbon of the Phillies, four years, $50 million. He had a 1.63 ERA after the All-Star break over a strikeout per inning, and opponents hit 144. So how do you guys feel about Papelbon now as a Philly? I, you know, I, I really don't see how he could have ended up in a more favorable scenario with, with their top of the rotation they're going to win plenty of close games, and they're going to win plenty of blowouts too, but uh, th- they're going to win the low-scoring games. Papelbon's going to get maybe more saves than he ever has with the Red Sox, who have typically been a high-scoring team and have kept them in the 35-save range. Uh, so coming off arguably the best season of his career, I, I don't see how this could uh, possibly be better for him. Uh, we have him, or at least I ranked him as the number two closer number two relief pitcher i guess you should say uh in the first 2012 rankings yeah and i i mean i haven't done all the pitcher uh projections i don't know where he would come out in in terms of those but i can't imagine he's going to be too far off from say a number two ranking uh when you look with closers you really have to look at consistency because there's so much variation from year to year that a guy like uh, a Papelbon or a Mariano Rivera or up until last season a Brian Wilson who does exceedingly well year after year after year you even though they as much as anybody else might be due for some drop off you know your odds are better with a guy like that so I think yeah he's going to a good situation like you say Scott he's got the track record he had a couple of years where you know, his his numbers were down a little bit, but uh, he's he's an elite guy. So what do you think happens to Ryan Madsen? Because Ryan Madsen had 32 saves, a 1.15 whip, a 2.37 ERA. He had a very good year. What happens with him? Closer for the Red Sox. Yeah? No, I don't, I don't really know about <laughs> that. Might, I, could, could be. I, I would think he's going to close for somebody. There's, there's a lot of teams with a need there still. Uh, but I think since he does have such a history as a setup man, he could end up uh, when when all the pieces fall, he could end up getting the Rafael Soriano treatment where coming off the season he had, he deserves a big contract, but there's enough cheap closers out there that he might get passed over. Right. I, I'm not predicting that, but I, I think it's enough of a possibility that you're going to want to keep a close eye on him over the next couple months here. Okay. And you think Daniel Bard could be a good closer? If he's the Red Sox closer... I mean, how would you value Daniel Bard going into next year? If he's their closer, I would say he's a, a number two relief pitcher. Certainly, the potential to be a number one. Uh, you know, I think we missed out on that with uh, with Kimbrel last year, where you know the lack of a track record um, made us underrate him. But there is a track record here. There is, yeah, and, much know, more certainly than there was with Kimbrel. Three 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 ERA, but his last eleven appearances, his ERA was ten point six four. 
So he just finished the season in a terrible funk. Right. And I don't know what that was about. Maybe it was a workload thing. The whole team yeah. was struggling. Um, but, yeah, Bard's a, Bard's a big question mark. He's yeah. kind of an upside guy, well, right? Yeah, I mean, it goes back to the argument. It is a guy, you, you say he has a track record. Well, does he really if he's never closed before? Because right. there's been... I just meant uh, comparatively with Kimbrell, he certainly has a track record. But, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm more success than Kimbrell, but... Bard came up as a starting pitcher, right? He wasn't groomed quite the same way. I don't know when he was transitioned, but yeah, at some point. Uh, so, I think he came. I thought he came up as a reliever, but it might have been yeah. one of those things where they late season get that power arm in the bullpen kind of thing. Yeah, yeah no, I think it was a as it was an earlier and longer transition than that. I just don't oh, recall okay. when. Yeah. yeah, I if I had to guess, I would say he's not closing for the Red Sox at the start of 2012 because they have so many resources and there's so many options out there that why not go f- for somebody with experience in the role? That said, the Red Sox, it, over the last, uh, uh, when, when the money ball, when all the money ball stuff started, they uh, were willing to experiment with, with a less than proven. You mean before the movie came out? <laughs> yeah, well before the movie came out. Because that was only a few months ago. I, I, I'm talking about with, with Alan Embry <laughs> and Joel Pinheiro. They yeah. tried going with, non-closers closing and even a bullpen by committee and it didn't work well but and some guy named Papelbon too who was a minor league starter that they decided to throw in there yeah well he, he, he eventually okay. did work yes <laughs> so my point is that if if any big spending organization is is going to pass on the uh proven closer it would be the Red Sox but I still don't see it happening all right so the the Pirates inched closer to getting to the World Series with signing Clint Barmas <laughs> to a two-year contract for ten and a half. Yeah, they're. I mean, they're probably a little closer, right? Like a game. So, uh, does this mean anything, Barmas to the Pirates, two years and ten and a half million? It means two things to me, and neither one is earth-shattering. Pretty much a, a non-relevant uh, uh, item for mixed league owners. But uh, one is that you know, Barmas is a guy I've always liked, and it seems like he's a perennial sleeper for me because he's had a couple seasons where he's shown really good power. I believe it was three seasons ago he had twenty-three home runs. But uh, because he really hasn't done much the last two years, that's been, I think, almost completely forgotten. So now, granted, he's played for teams in really good hitters parks before, the Astros and the Rockies. That's now a big change going to the Pirates. I still think there's some value there, maybe in deeper mixed leagues for Barmas. But for me, the the thing that's a, a bigger deal um, is I really liked Chase Darneau as a sleeper steals candidate for this coming year. And I think now you can probably forget about that because I don't think they would move him over to third base. I think he was going to be their future at shortstop, and obviously that's not going to be the case now. Ty Wigginson to the Phillies. Any any impact here fantasy-wise? I could, just knowing the kind of year Placido Polanco had, I could see Ty Wigginson ultimately getting the majority of the starts at third base. And uh, obviously at the beginning of the year, he's going to get some starts at first, too, with Ryan Howard recovering from surgery. So... In that park, I mean, a 20-homer season is a possibility, and if, with Wigginton's versatility, yeah, it means something. I'm I'm not planning on drafting him in, in mixed leagues right now, but if, if, if it all goes the way I think it will, he will be relevant in those formats at some point. What do you guys think of the new Marlins logo and colors? <laughs> We've been talking about it a lot, probably too much. But, yeah, uh, I just Did we, we didn't I, talk about it last time on the show. No, did we? we didn't. Just, well, and they've been the officially whole... unveiled since then, right? Right. So right. It's, 
But uh, I, you know, I want to like them, and I just can't. And now that I've seen <laughs> That's them, the Marlins fan, he's stuck yeah. with them. I am stuck. Some I, of their jersey well, combinations look okay. Yeah, yeah. But when you look okay compared to, I, I really think the Marlins had a good look. I Me mean, too. The teal yeah, and the black cool, yeah. with the with the pinstripes and everything. I I, I thought it looked good. This is very I like '80s South and, Beach, right? Yeah, exactly. And uh, bizarre. It is bizarre. And one thing that really bothers me is with the M. It's it's an M. Okay, uh-huh. fine. And then they add this little, like, vague representation of a fish in the corner. <laughs> like, what is it doing there? If it's not if it's not prominently featured, why just tack it onto a corner? I don't know what's going on there. But they are being pretty aggressive, right, with the free agents. Do you think they end up with anybody big? I think they'll get Reyes. And that's... I don't want them to get raised, <laughs> uh, but that's that's what well, I don't want to have them. Ba- I, I don't want them to have bad uniforms, but yeah. You know. Why so don't you want them to get raised? Emilio Bonifacio, baby. You since uh, <laughs> I, I've looked at this a lot it, over his final eighty-eight games, which was about the time Jack McKeon took over as manager. He hit over three hundred with thirty-five steals in half a season. I, I mean, that's. That's elite production, and and you know I don't know that he'll necessarily be a 300 hitter over a full season, but I want that in my fantasy lineup. Shortstop, third base. I hope he's playing every day somewhere, even if they get Reyes. But the fact that he would be most best suited as a leadoff hitter, and he's obviously not going to be that with Reyes there, makes me think it's just going to be bad news for him, no matter which way it goes. I still think he'd be the center fielder. I mean, yeah, probably, but. Um, but if he's batting eighth, right? No, I mean he, he takes a hit there. But I, yeah, I think they're going to find him some way. Well, okay, to to the, uh, keep him in the lineup. Do you think it's like because Reyes is likely? I think the the I his name is escaping me right now. But the center fielder from Cuba, mm-hmm. oh, the Marlins or yeah. Suspedes. Yeah, um, I I think they're a pretty strong candidate for him too. I I could see him getting pushed out. That's true. If they get both of those guys, then it's going to be a probably a bad year for uh, Bonifacio unless they, you know, trade him, which I haven't really seen any indication that they're they're thinking that way. Guys, but, let's uh, talk Arizona Fall League. Al, I know you wanted to to touch on this subject. Look at some of the guys who were performing well in the Arizona Fall League, and what do you got for us? And I also, I talk about a few guys that didn't perform well too, because I think that'll have uh, oh, at least Just as much bring the whole show down fantasy relevance. <laughs> and this will be sort of rapid fire because I got a, a list here, Go several ahead. guys I want to talk about. But first of all, the league MVP Nolan Arenado. Um, he was a top prospect coming into this fall, but um, you know, obviously as the league MVP, uh, did extraordinarily well, hit, hit for high average and with power enough of a, of a good performance there that the Rockies are now actually considering him giving a chance to make the roster opening day. He has not played above advanced class A, so I find yeah. it really hard that that's hard to believe that that will happen. But still, his stock is clearly uh, quickly on the rise. And I should mention he those top 10 prospect lists, he was number one at third base for me, and that was assuming he would not get a chance to win the job. So Wow. Extra yeah. excitement there. So they brought in Brandon Wood. Uh, he may not start. Hopefully he <laughs> won't. But, you know, they may have somebody who, to keep the seat warm, and maybe we will see Arenado there midseason. So somebody put on the radar for this year. Also hot corner, but not so hot, Matt Dominguez. Ooh. Um, brutal, brutal performance. Uh, just did not hit in the Arizona Fall League. If you can't hit there, 
you probably can't hit. We are talking about small samples. I always have to put that asterisk on any discussion of theirs in a fall league. But, but he's it, got big samples in the minors. <laughs> exactly right. It's a small sample on top of a big sample on top of a big sample that he he's really struggled with the bat. Top 10 prospects list. Didn't make it. Didn't make the cut. You <laughs> did not make the cut, my friend. And that's thinking he might win, even though he might win the starting job for the Marlins. The good news is, if he doesn't win the starting job and he doesn't even make the club, he will have nicer uniforms in AAA than he would in the pros. But anyway, continue. So good for him. He may be, Maybe he was tanking it then. <laughs> um all right, so another uh, guy didn't perform so well, Brandon Crawford, who may be the frontrunner to be the Giants shortstop next year. Good glove, but apparently, from, again, from the minor league track record and the Arizona Fall League track record, no hit to go with that good glove. Um, Nathan Adcock, uh, a rotation candidate for the uh, Royals last year. We saw him in that rotation for a short period of time, mostly in the bullpen. Nice performance in the AFL. The surface numbers don't really show it. ERA around four, mediocre whip, but very, very good strikeout to walk ratio, high ground ball rate. Did a lot to help his cause to maybe make that Royals rotation next year. Plus, it's such a tough league to pitch. Yeah. Uh, a four ERA there is a good, yeah. Among the pitchers who qualified, like less than a third had an ERA under four. So a low wow. four ERA is pretty good. <laughs> yeah, not bad at all. Yeah, so all right. Rolling on. Not a pitcher, although you might think he is. Adam Eaton. Not that Adam Eaton. Not oh. the pitcher. Okay. Uh, this is a young guy, an outfielder uh, prospect for the Diamondbacks. Very high on bases hit, uh, or rather had an on-base percentage over 400 in the minors. Lots of stolen bases. Repeated that feat in the AFL and even showed a little bit of power. So uh, really, really intriguing for a team that really needs a leadoff hitter, and he's got those great leadoff skills. So Adam Eaton's a name to tuck away, especially in rotisserie leagues. You could see him sometime next year with the D-backs. Um, uh, Robbie Grossman, sorry, Robbie Grossman with the Pirates, sort of a similar skill set there. Good speed, pretty good on base. Did hurt his hand, uh, had surgery on his uh, hammock bone uh, recently. So he may be a little uh, slow starting in double A next year, but another guy to look maybe late season call up next year. Some good long term rotisserie potential there. It's not a bone you hear reference very often. Nope. The hammock bone. But it's uh, probably painful to play baseball if uh, yours is. Broken or injured? I would assume. Yeah, I just. Where's the hammet bone again? Did you say? Uh, it's a. It's a hand. It's a. It's bo- a hand yeah. bone. Mm-hmm. Hammet is in the hand. Yeah. You know. I just say I broke my hand broke personally. My hand. Yeah. If you say but you broke your hammet, people would be much more concerned. They would. They? I, I'm really trying to build the drama here. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. He shattered it. <laughs> <laughs> go, go on. All right. Probably my favorite story from the AFL: Terry Doyle. Because when I did my initial Arizona Fall League report for the site, I said, you know, maybe that we can find this year's Josh Colmenter. Because Colmenter had a really good AFL season last year. I think it helped get him higher up on the depth chart, get a call up. And, of course, we all know what he did with that. He surprised everybody. He wound up pitching in the playoffs for the Diamondbacks. I think Terry Doyle became that guy. He became the, uh, the Josh Colmenter for 2012. He's a White Sox pitching prospect. Uh, actually has some similarities to Cole Mentor. Not a strikeout guy, excellent control, not the same kind of funky delivery, but um, you know has had good results in the minor leagues. I think has a really, really outside chance at cracking the White Sox rotation out of spring training. I think a much better chance we'll, we could see him midseason. Terry Doyle, remember that name in AL-only leagues. And I've got one more pitcher, one more hitter. Pitcher, and I just like the name, Forrest Snow. Love it. And uh, if you could take a guy named Forrest Snow and put him in any organization, 
Wouldn't the Seattle one be the most fitting? I think so, actually, the, yeah. Those uh, woods Unless they were the like a Pacific Montana franchise right. that had popped out. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, while Danny Holson's gotten, you know, reasonably and, and, and uh, you know, for good reason, uh, gotten all, a lot of the uh, attention for, you know, maybe making the Mariners rotation next year. Snow has a chance as well. He pitched a little bit in AAA last year. He led the AFL in ERA with a 1.10 mark. As Scott said, a 4 ERA. And the AFL is good. Wow. His was close to one. He was outstanding. Now, you have to, again, temper that a little bit. A lot of that was done out of relief. Mm-hmm. Um, he could be a reliever, could be a starter. But, again, a guy to watch this spring, see how his role develops, see what happens in spring training. Very outside shot of making the Mariners either as a starter or as a reliever. And saving the best for last. The best one, huh? Best name, anyway. Let's see if I can make sure I get it right. Joseph Trudoslovich. I don't want to pronounce that wrong. Because it's that sounds good to me. I think we should go with that. Trudoslovich, it is. Trudoslovich, yes, yeah. because you could mispronounce it. Braves farmhand, but uh, yeah, Braves farmhand has been a first baseman. They want to try him out at third base in Double A this year. Very obviously grooming him as the replacement for one Larry Jones. So yeah, well, uh, hopefully. Uh, there's also Salcedo, yeah, Edward Salcedo, um, who could be the one ultimately taking that spot. But, but uh, it, yeah. he, he might need to move to third, Trudoslovich, because yeah, I, I don't, I, I don't, I look at his numbers and, and they strike me as a, a, a um, kind of a a guy who, good enough to stay in the minors, but not good enough to get to the majors, which might be a little harsh at this stage of his career. That's but, that's that's kind of my first impression of him too, and he got off to a red hot start, and then he slumped towards the end, and. Uh, you know, so that may have dropped his stock, at least in the mind of fantasy owners, a little bit. You guys ready for some mock draft? Let's do it. Oh, yeah. Head-to-head mock draft. We did the first round two weeks ago, and it looked like this. Pujols, Bautista, Tulowitzki, Braun, Miguel Cabrera, Kemp, Ellsbury, Adrian Gonzalez, Roy Halladay, Robinson Cano, Joey Votto, Dustin Pedroia. Round two, Justin Verlander. ALMVP. Did that come out today? Yeah, just, oh, just came Adam out. Azen, you want it? Where have you been? Ah, uh, he won it. He won it. Oh, good for him. Uh, who was second? <laughs> I thought you meant in the second round. <laughs> no, yeah. Ellsbury. Second, yeah, Ellsbury. Okay. Justin Upton, too. So Verlander won in the second round here. Verlander, Justin Upton, Granderson, Kinsler, Longoria, Reyes, Carlos Gonzalez, Clayton Kershaw, Hanley Ramirez, Prince Fielder, Cliff Lee, Tim Lincecum. Again, Verlander, Justin Upton, Granderson, Kinsler, Longoria, Reyes, Cargo, Kershaw, and El Cy Young. I was aware of that one. Hanley <laughs> Ramirez, Prince Fielder, Cliff Lee, Tim Lincecum. What stands out, Scott? Well, a couple things stand out at the top. Well, really three things. Verlander, Curtis Granderson, Ian Kinsler. Those are all very close to being first-rounders in my mind. I've already talked before about Verlander, I think, deserves to be the number one pitcher. Um but there's reasons why they fall to the second round. In Granderson's case, you know, even if the power continues, he still has batting average issues, and, and Kinsler has injury issues. I think last year was the first time he played more than 144 games in a season. So numbers-wise, that you could argue they're in the first round, but they have flaws that, that put them in this category. And really, you go down the list, pretty much every one of these players is flawed. Jose Reyes, injury concerns. Hanley Ramirez, injury concerns. Shoulder surgery. Uh, Carlos Gonzalez, injury concerns. Uh, yeah, I picked out a few. And actually, 
those were the three I picked out. Cargo. I, I didn't talk about Reyes because uh, I think we've discussed them a lot. But, well, I didn't mention Reyes. But uh, Cargo and Hanley in the second round stood out to me. Yeah. Carlos Gonzalez was the 15th best outfielder last year. Hanley Ramirez was the 23rd best shortstop. He was obviously banged up. Cargo, it appears like he peaked uh, two seasons ago, right? 2010, is that a fair statement? It's hard to imagine him doing much better than that. Yeah, I think statistically he peaked. And he looked like a regression candidate, uh, particularly with batting average. So do you think he went in the right spot, basically middle of the second round? Definitely, definitely. Because where did you say he ranked among outfielders? Well, what I did was I went to the fantasy baseball yeah. page. I hit stats, standard yeah. scoring, outfielders. He was 15th. Right. But if you look at him on a per-game basis, clearly top five. And Is he? Yeah. While, while the injury problems have been consistent, persistent over his career, um, nothing long-term really. Oh, yeah, he had, he had the – actually, he did have the wrist thing that, cut prop, uh, that popped up twice last season – uh, so he he missed a little more time than usual with that. Uh, if he if he puts together a hundred forty game season, I mean he's top five outfielder, I think for sure. Okay. Um, and then for Hanley, that's a really tough call here. So he's shortstop eligible, obviously. Now if they sign Jose Reyes, he he'd play third base, right? Right. Still, obviously, be shortstop eligible for yeah. 2012. But wouldn't be bad to have him as a third base option too. Mm-hmm. Now he goes with the ninth pick of the second round. Is he a bounce back guy? Or are you avoiding him? No, I'm. Well, I'm. A, <laughs> I, at this spot, I'm not avoiding him. In the first round, I'm. I'm hesitant. I could see taking him late in the first round, but no earlier. I haven't backed off my stance that I think we did on. I, I gave on a late podcast during the regular season, and that's. I don't think I could even bring myself to draft Ramirez in the second round. I don't have a problem with it because obviously he is a bounce-back candidate, but I think there are enough concerns with his health now, uh, with his production even, because he he never looked like the Hanley everyone assumed he was at any point last year, even when he picked it up uh, before the shoulder injury. And now he's that's back-to-back seasons with a season-ending injury. He's coming off shoulder surgery where... It's not even a guarantee he's going to be ready for the start of spring training or, or even the regular season, I think. And, and shoulder injuries in particular are are, are scary. Um, so I, I think there's a lot of risk. There's too much risk uh, for a second-round pick in my mind because I, I think there's there's the potential he could just be a complete bust again. Okay. Yeah. All right, then let's look at the third round here. And it starts with CC Sabathia going with the first pick right after Cliff Lee and Tim Lincecum went at the end of round two. Sabathia followed by Teixeira, Andrew McCutcheon, Jared Weaver, Josh Hamilton, Felix Hernandez, Cole Hamels, Shane Victorino, Carlos Santana, David Wright, Ryan Zimmerman, Adrian Beltre. Sabathia, Teixeira, McCutcheon, Weaver, Josh Hamilton, Felix Hernandez, Cole Hamels, Victorino, Carlos Santana, David Wright, Zimmerman, Beltre. Al, what stands out to you in the third round? You know, nothing major. I mean, the, probably the two guys on this list that stand out the most are towards the bottom. Carlos Santana with that ninth pick in the third round. Um, and he is the, the top catcher. Uh, but, uh, you know, when there's not a catcher who just completely stands above and beyond the field like we saw with uh, Joe Maurer a couple years back, 
I'm a little hesitant to take a catcher in the third round, um, and that's no knock against Santana. I mean, he was terrific last year, and, and there's room for growth there, which is a really incredible yeah. thing for him. That That's the thing that makes me think he could become that catcher that yeah. stands out. So if you're going to go for a catcher, if you're going to reach a little for the catcher, he's the one I'd be willing to do it because he's a first baseman half the time. Yeah, He's going to get a ton of at-bats. Uh, and and he, he did what he did last year, hitting 230. You, you can't think that's going to continue. He's going to hit for a higher average, and all the productivity is going to go up. So I, I like I like the pick. Yeah, like I said, nothing major, but if I'm in that spot, probably I'm, I'm waiting on him, uh, maybe till I come back in the fourth round. And then Beltre, I think, relative to where uh, some of these other guys are, I would think he could go a little bit higher. Or, to flip yeah. that around, maybe Wright and Zimmerman, you can wait a little longer on that because I think Beltre is a safer bet than either of those guys for next year. At least just what I've noticed among our group, um, and, and I think Al, Al and I uh, would disagree with the group in this regard, is that they're they're hesitant to trust Beltre as a legitimate elite third baseman um, when on a per-game basis he was a second at the position to Bautista, I think. So, But so, that's the thing. People are, are hesitant because... They don't care about per-game basis. They care about him being healthy. <laughs> well, yeah, Beltre did miss a little bit of time last year, but he doesn't have he doesn't have the track record of injury issues that I associate with a Kevin Euclid or uh, or Kinsler. Like I mean, yeah. A-Rod now yeah, is, yeah. is definitely in that category. Uh, and and you know Beltre could end up in that category, um, considering he's I think thirty two now. So he's starting to get to that age where where that's that could become an issue for him, but I still think looking at the third baseman around him, Euclid, A. Rod, Ryan Zimmerman, uh, David Wright, coming off a, a back injury last year, you know, he it's really nothing that should set him behind that group. I don't think. Sure. Okay. Two things uh, that I noticed in this draft in this round, round three, right in the middle, Felix Hernandez goes sixth. And Cole Hamels goes seventh. There's no way I'm taking Felix over Hamels. I, I like Hamels a lot. And Hernandez was the 15th best pitcher last year. Hamels uh, was 10th, and he yeah. was the ninth pitcher taken in this mock draft. Uh, I don't know. I, I fear Felix Hernandez a little bit. A little bit. What, what do you fear about him? Ah, he just wasn't really that great last year, you know? He disappointed a little bit. Getting up there in innings, yeah, he's a horse. Well, yeah, I, I I think the innings actually is something that works to his advantage, though, because he's proven it. Yeah, it's a couple years in a row where yeah, he's well over two hundred. When I think Cole Hamels is just barely over two hundred. Yeah, I'm not, okay. You know what? It's stupid. I shouldn't have said that. I'm, I'm not worried about the. <laughs> well, I thought you were going to go with the run support argument. That, that's, that's that's a oh, oh, yeah, oh, that's that's a, that's a given. I mean, yeah, that's a given. A if I'm looking at a guy who's who's pitching on the Phillies, right. and a guy who's pitching on the Mariners, that's an easy one for me. Now, uh, it's, and if if the Angels go out or the A's go out and they make some plays and they get better hitters, I'm going to be even lower on Felix Hernandez because this is a guy who has done very well against the crappy lineups of the AL West, including so, the Houston Astros. And now he's got the, the Houston Astros. <laughs> so is that in effect this year? No, 2013. Yeah, so not yet. But I, I still, to me, definitely taking Hamels over Felix Hernandez. How do you guys feel about that? I I didn't bring my rankings in here, but I, I think I actually have Felix Hernandez ahead of Hamels because of the innings and because I perceive Hamels as, a, as actually a, a bigger injury risk than Hernandez. So, they're, I mean, they're close. They're both aces. 
It's very close. You sort of convinced me because uh, on my gut, again, not having rankings in front of me on my gut, I would take Felix first. But, um, you know, the, the run support is one issue. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Hernandez was a little disappointing last year. Okay. In this second round to me, there are three guys who I think in this third round. Third round. Yes, there are three guys who I think could have gone in the second round, and those are Teixeira, McCutcheon, and Hamilton. And I've noticed uh, from some of the comments on the the place where this draft is displayed on the website, the users don't necessarily agree. They thought uh, McCutcheon and Hamilton, there were some people who voiced displeasure with that. In the third um, round? Yeah, uh, McCutcheon and Hamilton. And, and it's interesting because Al took McCutcheon, and I took Hamilton. <laughs> so, uh, and, and honestly, I, I don't like drafting Hamilton because he's one of those well-known injury risk guys. But to me, it was such a good value at that point. It's yeah. like, how can I pass on Hamilton? <sighs> it's not bad. I don't. I got to be with it if it makes you feel any better. Well, I, <laughs> I just figured it could, would be. Can you please post something point. on the message board? Yeah, sure. No, yeah. I'll, I'll, talk, I'll talk to those people. <laughs> Let's look at Mike in Detroit. He's got an email for us, and it's DM Fantasy Baseball at CBS dot com. We'll close the show with this. Hey, guys, last year was my first year listening to the podcast, and I managed to win one of my leagues thanks to keep up the good work. In our league, if you score the most points the last fantasy period, the week after our league championship, that team gets to choose their draft position the following year. My team scored the most points that week. Now I get to choose my draft slot. Where would you guys want to pick? It's a 12-team head-to-head league. Our scoring system is very hitter-friendly. First baseman get drafted early. No negative points for hitter strikeouts. So pick a spot, 1 through 12. Oh, Scott's got it. Three. And you know what? Too low, too low. (laughs) Troy Tulowitzki. Okay. That's the guy I want. Well, Scott's drafting before me because I'm perfectly happy with number five. I don't feel so strongly about any of the guys in my top five that I would be despondent if I missed out on on you know any one in particular. So what's your top five? So uh, Pujols, not necessarily in this order, but Pujols, Joey Bats, Cabrera, Tulo, and who am I? Bautista. And, no, no, he said that Braun. Braun. Or... Braun. I think, yeah, Braun is yeah. the fifth. Did you say so... Bautista? Yes. Oh. Well, I said oh, Joey is that Bats. Joey Bats? Yeah. Oh, I'm thinking that's Joey Votto. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. who is it again? So uh, Bautista, Pujols, Braun, Tulo, Miguel and Cabrera. Miguel Cabrera, thank you. Where was um, I when Joey ba- when he got this Joey Bats nickname? Uh, probably in the studio here, just podcasting. Is that an old uh, thing? Yeah, th- I think this year, this past year, was when. Yeah, uh, Joe. Got, See, I, that's, I that's know his, once, I think that says Twitter handle. Yeah, oh. I, I know once using Twitter shorthand, I called him Joey B, and someone assumed I meant Joey V. Uh, and for Vado, classic so mix-up. Was, yeah, <laughs> but I, that's the best way I knew how to shorten Bautista. I think Twitter could stand. Well, to why add don't you 10 just characters. say Jose? Jose? That's his name. Yeah, it's a very common name, though. Jose B instead of Joey B? Well, I mean... I don't know who you all are talking <laughs> about. <laughs> all right. I, my, Thanks, guys. Uh, your, your common sense approach is, is something I should take into account. We'll be back in two weeks, and hopefully by then we'll have some more moves to discuss. You know? I mean, let's get some people going places. Yeah, kind of winter meetings so far. coming up right yeah. after Thanksgiving. We like the winter meetings. That'll be good for baseball. All right, everybody. Thanks a lot for listening, and we'll talk to you in a couple weeks. Bye.